Hello, this is the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and I'm Lisa Gonzalez. This week, Christopher Mitchell talks with Paul Belk, CEO of the North Georgia Network. The project looping through the northern region of the state serves government, schools, libraries, local businesses, and hospitals. The network was also instrumental in attracting a new data center to Lumpkin County recently. Community leaders hope to transform the region into a new southern tech hub. Paul and Chris discuss some of the unique characteristics of this early BTOP project, and they revisit how the network is breathing new life into an area that was struggling in a changing economy. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Uh, today we're going to head down into an area of the country that's a bit warmer than where I am right now in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, we're going to talk with Paul Belk, the CEO and president of the North Georgia Network. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, it's exciting to have the recipient of the first BTOP Award, the uh, Broadband Technology Opportunities Program, one of the two stimulus programs that came out of the uh, the federal um, stimulus projects. Um, so thank you for, for joining us. And uh, can you start by describing a little bit of this area? Yes. Uh, the North Georgia Network, um, its territory, at least the geography that it covers, um, it is, of course, north of Atlanta, but um, there are several counties that are key indicators of where we're at. Uh, Forsyth County is a county that's just north of the city, but after that, it becomes fairly rural into Dawson County. The network was built into downtown Atlanta through Dawson County into Lumpkin County, which is further north into the state. Then it moves eastward towards White County and Habersham County, it then turns north, it goes over the Appalachian Trail into Towns County, which serves both Hawassi and Young Harris, Georgia, and continues in a loop uh, through the state back westward into Union County, and then turns uh, due south through um, what would be Fannin and Pickens County back into the metro Atlanta area, creating a 260-mile loop. So how many counties are actually served by it? There are actually over eight counties that are served, and there are actually uh, more now because we have expanded since our, our we finished the project. So we've actually expanded into some additional counties. Okay. So let's let's dig back into the little bit beforehand. Um, can you tell me what was happening in these counties and in the area before um, you even before there was a stimulus program, before there was an opportunity to apply for this, we often find that there's some interesting work that's already been done. Yes, you know this really came about as as a true economic development project. As a matter of fact, uh, the North Georgia Network, uh, the project, if you will, was uh, kicked off. Really, its genesis was out of the Lumpkin County Development Authority and. The director of that authority was Bruce Abraham, and at the time, Bruce was charged with bringing in businesses, um, and rather than bringing in businesses for the authority, he was losing them. And um, so during his interviews with, um, in, with industry that came to the area, there were obviously some 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 things that uh, that prevented them from from locating, but one name 
one one thing that uh, came up over and over again is that you have no broadband. So um, Bruce, in, in his uh, instinct, uh, went to the incumbent provider and said, look, these industries are saying we have no broadband. And they, of course, said, well, yes, you do. And, and that was that. So um, basically what happened was is that this development authority uh, partnered with other counties, which they were joint development authorities, if you will. They referred to them as JDAs. And these JDAs then uh, partnered with some local electric co-ops that were already uh, stringing fiber for their internal purposes and some for some commercial use. And so really it was just really a perfect blend of interest groups that under other circumstances probably couldn't work with each other, but it just it worked out very well because the timing for the stimulus project was right at hand and uh, they applied for the the, uh, the stimulus dollars and, and were awarded. But prior to that, in 2007, they did a study of the area that spent about $100,000 doing the study. And that study indicated that the region uh, was not good for farming, it was not good for manufacturing, but what it was good for was uh, the burgeoning tech sector that was uh, moving northward from Atlanta. So uh, that, again, it was some very key component parts that worked out for the North Georgia to be awarded. And if I remember correctly, I think I've seen Bruce Abraham go a little bit further in talking about his interactions with some of those firms that did not locate there originally, where he said, well, we do have DSL, and the response was, that's not broadband. Exactly. That's exactly what they said. They said DSL is not broadband. DSL is, is really, you know, it's an accent uh, to what, what they considered to be broadband. And more importantly, it's not that industry, you know, simply denied that, that DSL was broadband, but typically if, if industries, when they come and they, and they evaluate an area and they see um, that there's no infrastructure, well, what's key is is that they need to really ensure that they have infrastructure for their employees really when they go home. Um, if there's not, you know, a, a decent uh, uplink to the Internet, they can't have a really uh, well-prepared workforce um, that has access to decent broadband. And, and we've seen that time and time again. Industries want an educated workforce, and one of those just it's just kind of – uh, instrumental in that is that you have to have decent broadband. I think that's especially true if you're going after a high-tech workforce. I mean, these are these are men and women who are going to want to finish their jobs, and they're probably going to want to go home and play video games and do other high-tech things. There's a very blurry line between business and work nowadays because we're in such a 24-7 uh, environment and a global economy where work gets done uh, at it's at the discretion of the user, and and as long as that user is being productive, and and and, and then of course the employer uh, determines whether or not their productivity is where where it should be. But at the end of the day, that's the thing is that they can work at home, and sometimes from the hours of 11 a.m. to 3, I mean from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., and and that very well may may be their window. But if they don't have proper access, or if there's continual infrastructure issues, uh, that's just not possible. 
Right, and I, I have to confess, I am actually recording this from my home office where I work on a periodic basis depending on whether I want to um, be productive at work or be productive at home. Sometimes the distractions are equal at both. Um, so I, I fully sympathize with that. Um, one of the things that, that I mentioned at the top was that you were the first BTOP award. And, and I think it's important to, to just push into this a little bit because I remember reading uh, the occasional newspaper story about some of these North Georgia counties. And you really were a shovel-ready project, from what I can tell. Um, this is a project that the stimulus really helped you to get it done faster. But I think that this is the kind of thing where you guys were going to do something eventually. Am I, am I reading that right? Yes. Um, whether, you know, those dollars were available or not, we, we indeed were a shovel-ready uh, project in the sense that you had the political will um, and you also had infrastructure uh, key components being with the electric co-ops. You know, they have the trucks, they have the skilled workers, they run lines, they have logistical um, uh, attributes, of course. So, yes, in, in that regard, it was indeed a, a shovel-ready project. Now, uh, the project is, is officially the, the, is finished in terms of what you set out to do as a part of the, the BTOP award. Um, and, and, you, and I'd like to get into a little bit later the expansion where you're starting to be able to find ways of, of leveraging that to go further and connect other people. But, but first, let's talk about some of the benefits of the, the project that's already been finished. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how that's impacted the area schools? Well, I tell you, that's been one of our most dramatic um, impacts as far as any vertical, if you want to call it that, uh, than any other. Uh, what we have been able to do, the schools, uh, and we have a number of schools, and I'll just rattle off a few, Dawson, Lumpkin, White, Habersham, Towns, Raven, Union, uh, Hart County, they all um, are now participating in a big 10 gigabit cloud that we basically collapse them into so that they can share resources across this virtual um, medium. You know, it's, a, it's just a big network where they can take electronic assets that one school may have that another does not and leverage that asset um, and it really it lowers operating costs at least capital costs in, in a lot of cases because they are now able to uh, to share those resources so that's been a big deal and in in, in addition to that our, our offering to them the package that we gave them was one gigabit to the internet which you know, before, a lot of the behavior that uh, a lot of the IT professionals that work for the schools exhibited was dictated based upon what they could not do rather than what they could do. And so we're seeing uh, them kind of manifest in a lot of different ways and in, in using this, this, this network to, um, to try all kinds of stuff. Uh, we see that they are really uh, working with the folks that are developing curriculum, and that puts them into positions where they can take, let's say, a teacher from uh, one school system that would be considered an all-star in math, and that one particular all-star in math can be, then be broadcast into other counties, into other systems, and um, you know give other systems even that much more value-added benefit from that particular, you know, intellectual property. So we're, we're seeing a lot of different things happen um, 
using this, uh, you know, the, the type of bandwidth they're able to, to utilize. So, I think that it's important to recognize that there's two distinct benefits from your network. Uh, one is the obvious faster connection to the Internet that allows them to go out and get it to any resource in the world. But the other is is too often overlooked, I think, which is the super fast connection between local facilities that that really helps you drive budgets down. Um, The fact that that they can trust the North Georgia network to be able to keep those connections affordable moving forward means they can make these shared investments. The the way that you can have the, the, the local collaboration, I think, is really important because you have the super fast connections between school districts that are just 10, 20, maybe even 100 miles, I'm guessing, apart, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a really key. I think you pointed out two distinct things, and there is, of course, a third, but, you know, the two things, absolutely, yes, getting out to the outside world, that that's critical because of all of the, you know, content that resides outside of, um, you know, their immediate local or wide area networks. But also it is this whole idea of having an inter-district or inter-school system wide area network, in my mind, and where, or at least testimony that I saw, did not exist. Typically, school systems are, they're really managed as their own cost centers, and they're on their own. And, and so if budgets are cut, they could never take into consideration, well, maybe if we share these costs with another school system, we would actually have a chance to hang on to a resource. But that, that was just never an option. Uh, and then, of course, the third impact uh, that you mentioned that you, you didn't mention is um, just by our position in the market, our proximity to the, lo- you know, the local incumbent, it has driven down prices uh, for all of the market at large across the whole footprint. So we, you know, would really like to analyze what the, you know, the total impact of just our our, our position in the market. So it's just a, a benefit from us being here. It's driven down prices and, and really put the incumbent in a, uh, in a more ready position to give them uh, better prices. Right. We've seen where, in some cases, a local uh, school district or even university suddenly will be told that their broadband bill is going to be doubled overnight. And that's simply because there's only one firm that's nearby and close to serve them, and that firm has decided to take advantage. And so uh, just by just by being there, you, you change the entire dynamic and force, I think, a more honest uh, price for uh, these services. So I, I, I definitely see that. We've seen that in a number of other places. Um, but I think one of the things that we started off by talking about with the North Georgia Network was the, the need for better um, economic development results and attracting new jobs to the region. And I think from what we've seen, you don't often see big changes in the first year or two. But I'm, I'm curious what you can tell us in terms of how the North Georgia Network is changing the equation for jobs it, well, the equation is, is, is really, it changes in the sense that no one's going to do a drive-by your economy unless, you know, especially if it's, if it's an, you know, an organization that requires some element of redundancy, especially in data infrastructure. So you won't even get a first pass if, if there's not two providers. Uh, for some industry. Some industry, that's a prerequisite. Before they even, you know, give it a a shot, they need to make sure that that exists. So 
we have just, and I think you're right, yeah, I think it's a little bit naive to think that there's going to be this dramatic infusion of, of industry that comes to your area. We have not seen that, but what we have seen is a, a, the rate at which the, the inquiries are coming in to our economic developers are increasing uh, dramatically. And I won't, I won't say that we haven't been without victory. We have. We've actually landed our first data center, um, and really we've, we haven't been operational. Uh, we've been operational for less than a year, but we've, we've landed our first data center in Lumpkin County where this started. It'll be an $80 million investment. The initial investment will be about $10 million, but it will basically be, um, it will offer up to the local economy uh, salaries and upwards to $100,000 where the average uh, payroll, or at least uh, rate of pay in the area was $10 an hour. So uh, while you won't employ um, 60 people, uh, you'll have 10 people that will equal the same tax base. So it really starts to change the whole dynamic of, you know, earnings potential for your local folks. So I'm curious about the expansion that you had talked about. Uh, some of the the existing loop that was built and is finished. Um, you're seeing some interest from nearby places that that I presume also want to have and attract some of their own economic development, and they want to connect some of the schools and that sort of thing. We had four counties to the east of us that saw what was going on in in our area. And um, they they chose to leverage some grant dollars and some local match and others to to expand the infrastructure into their area. We we had enough electronics so that we could create a, another lateral into those communities. And so you know we come alongside them and they've gone you know they worked closely with the state of Georgia and, and other entities to. Uh, to uh, help us expand the network. So that's worked out very good. We, we're still underway with that project, but um, what it's enabled us to do is, is again, uh, you know, industry would not really take a look at some of these areas without this sense of redundancy in infrastructure. And um, when we start looking at broadband as a utility, um, they, they definitely want that option to, uh, to choose. So it's... Um, it's 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 been a good a good process. And are you still fielding queries from others who are hoping to see other expansions? We're really as a region, we have um, other areas that we would be interested in moving into just from you know a, a sense of wholeness because uh, we are the Northeast Georgia region and and there are parts that we would like to uh, collapse some rings and uh, so there are some some areas that uh, would like to see us come there. But, you know, in, in terms of timing and scale, and um, at some point, you know, we've been on such a, a roller coaster of, of build-out, we really need to pay attention and get a lot of our distribution uh, uh, well underway and, and as, I'll, as I'll put it, do, do well at home and getting um, a lot of our, um, our customers hooked up. So... Even post, you know, post grant, we have had a lot of activity of folks wanting us to, to hook them up, and so we've had to uh, go back to the drawing board and uh, come up with new strategies for for expansion. That is one one key that I think that a lot of projects um, don't consider is how will you continue to raise capital after 
you know, the grant is over with. And and so we um we we've we've been going through a couple different uh rounds of that. All right. Well is there are there any final final closing comments you'd like to offer? No, I you know, I really appreciate the time and I just encourage all those projects that are that are still underway to um you know, to uh keep a steady course and go pick up your core anchor institutions because I think those are really key to uh, having a healthy uh, uh, a healthy base of uh, revenue and, and also good support. So, again, we really appreciate your time, Christopher, and, and uh, your support of the North Georgia Network. All right. Thank you so much. That was Paul Belk, CEO of North Georgia Network, visiting with Christopher. For more detail on the network, including maps and a list of community partners, check out northgeorgianetwork.com. Send us your questions and comments. You can email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Our handle on Twitter is at CommunityNets. The show was released on May 14, 2013. Thank you to Mount Carmel for their song, O Louisa Slow Blues, licensed using Creative Commons. Thanks for listening.